0: A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kinda like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. DW Void. we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. No matter how much we can give an athlete, any coach, no matter how much we can give an athlete. You know, explanation-wise, making things make sense, whatever, we cannot give an athlete the ability to feel anything.
2: You're listening to The Robbie Rowe Show. This is your host, Robbie Rowland. Welcome to The Robbie Rowe Show. Hey, that was kind of a cool introduction thing, huh? Episode 11, Um, special guest with me today is Sean Taunt. At first, when I heard him say his last name, I thought he said Sean John, and uh, that took took me down memory lane. Anyways, um, Sean is one of the founders of VeloPro, so I think that's a very popular tool in the baseball community in today's day and age, right, so I was particularly very excited to Get to pick Sean's brain, uh, kind of about the you know the creation of it, and then uh, the baseball background that he he comes from. But uh, very informational podcast. You know we I think we recorded about an hour and twenty minutes of of just great content. So I highly encourage you to listen to the whole thing. I highly encourage you to you know for something that I do when I listen to podcasts is is pause it right and then get back to it later. That's the, that's the great beauty of a podcast is you can always come back to it. So this is one in particular that has a lot of just good, valuable information and, and it's real, you know, we don't, he's not, he's a very upfront guy, which I respect, uh, to the utmost. And, um, and I think that speaks volumes to, to just how he goes about, um, instructing, you know, people in college, uh, people in Little League, like it, it doesn't matter. So, definitely a solid podcast we got for you guys today, um, episode eleven. You can follow your boy on Instagram, uh, Robbie Row one two. That's Robbie with a Y on Instagram, um, Robbie Row underscore one two on Twitter, Robbie Row one two on YouTube. And then please, please, please. If you haven't already, please subscribe um, to this podcast. And if you wanted to take it a step further and do me another huge solid, go ahead and go into iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher and just go ahead and give me that five star review. You know, I mean, at this point, I, th- I want to say I earned it, but obviously that's up to you. So I would re- highly appreciate that as well as telling your friends, your family, your pets. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but go ahead and tell them. You can also follow Sean on Instagram at Big League Edge. Twitter is the same at Big League Edge. And in the podcast, he will explain his website and, and how to get in touch with them personally, as well as the possibility of purchasing a Velo Pro belt. Guys, I know that there's gonna be a lot of information in this podcast. I highly encourage you Um, to either take notes and 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 just take nuggets right don't don't get so caught up in in trying to understand literally everything that we touch upon if you can just take nuggets from here and there and continue to apply it into your life and apply it into your routine you're gonna see you're gonna see progress right so just keep just keep at it man um i i just i all i can do is encourage and inspire and try to motivate y'all um, and again, I'm, I'm always open to uh, discussion as far as reaching me via email, via via direct message on any of my social media outlets. Um, like I said, man, the foundation of this whole thing of why it started is just trying to get as much information out there. And it's it's not cookie cutter information. This is real solid uh, information and knowledge coming from individuals that, that have experience. So if we can... If we can give experience to those who are a little bit inexperienced, we've done our job. And then it's on you guys, the listeners, to apply that to the best of their ability. So without further ado, let's just get to this interview with Sean Taunt at Big League Edge. Okay, let's hit it. Okay, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Robbie Rose Show. Um, it is March 21st, and uh, it's it's raining here in uh, Southern California. So, other than that, things are great. Special guest with me today, Sean Taunt uh, with uh, Big League Edge. Sean, how are we doing today, man?
1: Good, man. How are you doing?
2: Uh, I mean, I'm sensational. Besides, uh, besides the weather, I think uh, I know. I'm, I'm a big energy guy, so sometimes when it, when it's like gloomy out, my energy is a little bit down, but uh other than that man everything everything's going good what's the weather like uh up in
1: washington right now yeah i was gonna say go figure we have sun today it's nice today man now how nice funny day. is
2: that that's yeah. see now 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 things just things don't make sense anymore
1: um so it's 31 degrees though, 31 degrees though so. was that was that was yesterday you said no it's right now it's 31 degrees but it's sunny see that's funny because so last week here it was
2: uh it was really we had a cold front and it was around 30 35 uh and then it warmed up to maybe 45 throughout the day. Um no rain, but uh as soon as the rain came, it was it it warmed up. And yeah. uh that's I mean it's it's funny how that works. Um So those of you who are listening today's podcast will not be about weather. Um today's podcast will be about baseball, I promise you. Um so, Sean, if you will, dive into a little bit of your story and and how you kind of came came about Big League Edge, um, and then uh, and then we'll we'll talk later about the the, the Velo
1: Pro. Yeah, man. So when I was, you know, I mean, it's geez, it's almost twenty years ago now. When I was a senior in high school, I, you know, I blew out my labrum, and it's and so my playing career kind of ended a little bit sooner than I wanted, and I kind of. Kind of hated baseball for a year, you know. It was kind of, mm-hmm. you know, because I want to still be playing, obviously. And I was working in this place down in Puyallup Washington. This, this, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like you go rent basketball courts or batting cages or things like that. I was working there at the desk, and uh, you know, Jim Parquet, the owner of Big League Edge, obviously, I knew who he was, and he was pitching for the White Sox, and he got hurt, thrown against the Mariners that year, and he all of a sudden showed up next door at the, at the, uh, fitness center. Cause he was rehabbing his brother lives here. And so I met him and we got to talking and, you know, once his, once his, his career was finished, he, he came to Washington and wanted to, uh, wanted to start a big league edge. And he and I talked and helped him start that. And here we are 16 years later and, you know, on the, on the coaching side, you know, I was, you know, for about nine years, I coached at a, at a high school here locally and did the summer ball thing and things like that. And then, you know, Pacific Lutheran University or it's a division three up here called me seven years ago. The old head coach who's at Portland now and he uh mm-hmm. and asked me to come interview for the pitching coach job and I'm, he hired me on and now I'm the now I'm the head assistant there and the recruiting coordinator and it's been seven years. It's awesome. And so I do that in big league edge <laughs> and Hero
2: Pro. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so that's funny how you met Jim. I didn't I didn't know that story. Kind of just like a yeah. coinc-
1: coincidence thing. Yeah, you know, I'd seen him throw that year at in Seattle at Safeco. I mean he was, he was awesome. And, yeah, uh, you know, and he and someone just happened to randomly say to me, Hey man, did you know Jim Parquet's next door? And I'm like, Shut up, dude. Looks like you know whatever <laughs> and and sure enough, sure enough, he was over there rehabbing, so I went over and PS with him for a bit, and we became friends and yeah, sixteen years ago. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it seems probably like yesterday too. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he's, I, I mean, I love Jimmy's He's awesome. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a fun ride.
2: Sure. Um. So, I'm I'm assuming you were uh, a pitcher growing up. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah,
1: I was pitcher, first baseman. Um, had I gone on, I probably would have just pitched.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. We all like to think we could hit, but you know. Yeah, I could at
1: <laughs> one time, but if you threw a wrinkle in it, I was probably done.
2: Yeah. Um, okay. So, so take me, so take me on the, on the ride of, um, of how you kind of balance. I know you're, you're, what you said about you being in, uh, uh, pitching coach in college right now. So how do you balance kind of the work you do there? And then the, the work you also do at, uh, at big league edge. Cause I'm, I'm assuming the, 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 the kids that you work with at big league edge are a lot younger than the kids you would work with in college.
1: Yeah, you mean, you mean balance it like uh, like instructional differences? Right,
2: right, different? yeah, sorry.
1: You know, yeah, so Big League Edge, we range from, I mean, including teams that rent there. I mean, there's kids as young as nine in there. But as far as instruction goes, we're typically like 11 to 18. We have a lot of pro guys flying in that work with us. Um, you know, a lot of college guys. My theory on it is always, I mean, I've always been very very I'm, I mean I'm a very upfront and honest guy with people I mean I'm not a guy that's going to scream at you or anything like that I'm I'm very tell you how it is and that's how I always wanted to be treated and that's you know I'm very tell you how it is so I tend to honestly I've tended to always always treat you know a 14 a year old that I'm doing a lesson with the same as I would treat one of one of my seniors at the college it's just you know listen here's you know, you're saying this is what we want to do. Well, here's the steps we have to take, and here's what it takes to be successful. And I feel like we need to do a little bit better job here, and maybe we're not working as hard as we need to be here. And because, I mean, it's all relative. The goals of a 14, 15 year old kid, you know, to him are going to be just as important as the goals of a college senior, you know. Sure. And it's so that they all have a process that they need to establish to be able to get results. And so, I mean, I feel like a lot of times what we see you know when kids come into the college level a lot of times what we see is they've they've always kind of been told how good they are mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that but i mean everybody needs that build up but nobody's really told them hey man you know it's there's going to be times when the game's going to suck a little bit and you need to you need to have a process in place to be able to work through that yeah so i'm real big on you know i've always been really big on just making sure kids understand what they're really good at and what they really need to you know, work a little bit harder at, and I, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with honesty and being told what you, what you need to do a little bit better job of.
2: Yeah. And it's, and it's funny, dude, because I mean, like I'm going into, I, I want to say like my ninth professional season yeah. and there'll be times where, you know, a kid will ask me a certain thing, maybe like a mechanical cue or whatever it is. And I'll think it's the most simplest answer ever and then I'll look back at it and be like, "Crap, man! Like I need to do that too." Right, that's and then, right. and that's the beauty of and that's the beauty of pitching, man. And that's kind of what I wanted to elaborate on with you, um, as far as you know, being a, a, a twenty or let me say, nineteen to twenty-two year old kid compared to a, a you know ten to twelve year old kid. It's it's almost you know, you're, you're the things you're teaching those 10 and 11, 12 year old kids, as far as being very simplistic within their approach is something that you probably have to mimic to college kids on a day basis too. Right.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, it's, it's funny because like I was out at a high school after we got done playing yesterday, I went out to a high school game to watch a kid mm-hmm. um, that I'm kind of looking at and, you know, I'm watching this kid and he's, and he's so busy trying to strike everybody out all the time. And he's, you know, he's one, two to three, two, and then foul ball, foul ball. And then, you know, it's like, he's trying to be so fine with everything. And that conversation literally, as far as just competing and, and going after guys and making, you know, really just, you know, pounding the strike zone and, you know, mechanical stuff you need to be able to to throw the ball down at the knees and pound it is really, I mean, 100%, you're right. I mean, it's the same with that kid as it is the same conversation I have with my kids at PLU versus the the 12-year-old that we work with at Big League Edge. It's like, listen, like, bottom line is you have to do what it takes to be able to compete at mm-hmm. any level, you know? And, and absolutely, there's certain mechanical things that we'll say to, uh, you know, we're real big on movement. At Big league edge. I mean, that's what we do—is just be able to move like an athlete and get around yeah. and and go. And it's it's so applicable to guys that are in the big leagues, to like you said, to twelve-year-olds, to college kids. It's so what? Yeah, I mean, certainly, what I mean, what changes is the game, right? It becomes faster and stronger and more sure. powerful. But the the things you have to do to be successful don't change,
2: right? Yeah, I, I I think I think that's huge. So I'll give my take on on kind of this big picture thing. Is uh, is I'm I'm very uh, individualism, I guess you would say, to a point where if you're a pitcher that likes to be very analytical within their approach and enjoys. Uh, you know, thinking about certain mechanical things. And, and that's kind of what you do to succeed. And then obviously, you know, there's other pitchers, myself included, who need to be as simplistic as possible and just think maybe one or two things every time I c- touch the ball. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I'm just going to lift my leg, get the ball on time, and feel that mm-hmm. I'm on top of the baseball, and then the rest will take care of itself. Whereas another approach will – uh you know, maybe like, a, I think Zach Grinke a guy that comes to mind. Is very analytical about the way he, he goes about his pitching, but that's, that makes him successful. So the, you know, to tie this all together, I, I believe in, in a, uh, in, especially at a young age, I think it's very pivotal to find out first who you are as a pitcher. You know, we, 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 we yeah. constantly, I think a lot of us, and again, myself included, right. I've been down the rabbit hole of, of identity crises while pitching, and, and I think it's so pivotal to understand what works for you, what clicks, and what's going to maximize your potential um, to the to the most you know ability as possible. I mean, is that am yeah. I am I right there?
1: Absolutely, and it's and it's not you know one of the things that, that I'm sure you've seen, and I think we've all seen with with different you know whatever it is different coaching different instruction whatever it is there's there's people out there that try to cookie cutter everybody um priest dog you know and it's <laughs> like the bottom line at the end of the day is i mean can you take the baseball and compete and if that means that you are a guy that has to think about going from here to here to here to here sure sweet you know if that's what it takes for you to be able to compete you know and i'm sure you've played with guys and i've i've had guys we have some guys right now at the school that literally I mean, it's just, give me the give me the freaking baseball, and, and I don't even care who's up right now. Just give me the baseball, I'm going to do my thing, and I'm going to get in and out, and it's going to happen, because I believe it's right. going to happen. Right. And then other guys, you know, need to, are, are up for hours the night before they start going over scouting reports, and need to <laughs> visualize and pinpoint everything they do. Oh, yeah? And at the end of the day, man, I feel like our job as coaches is to help, like you said, is to help guys identify individually what they need to do to be successful, and, and try and blossom that piece, mm-hmm. you know, like, Hey man, like here's, here's your thing. This is what you are. You know, if I, if you're a righty, that's, you know, upper eights, low nines, you know, maybe you don't need to focus on being as fine as a kid. That's, you know, that's a, that's a low eighties, high seventies guy. That's really got to focus on hammering sure, the bottom sure. of the strike zone and, and maybe pick a little bit more. You know, I've, Jim and I have been fortunate through this whole Velo pro thing to, you know, get in front of some pretty legit Division One staffs. And, you know, we've talked to some kids, one in particular that's like, you know, he's like an up, mid upper 90s guy and he's so worried about, you know, painting here and here and here. It's like, dude, like, you know, use your tools. It, <laughs> it plays. It yeah. plays. Yeah. Just have some confidence and throw, I mean, just challenge, you know. So, I mean, I think helping kids, like, you, I mean, I, I, 100%. I think helping kids understand, you know, who they are, what they are, and helping them find that way, and then once they figure that out, just helping to maximize their tools, right? Because tools are what get you through the game. Yeah,
2: yeah, no doubt. I think I think it's funny how you kind of mentioned that story about that kid, and I'm, yeah. sitting, I'm sitting here agreeing with you, like, yeah, like, wh- why is that kid doing that? And I'm thinking back to myself, like, wait a second, that's literally me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yeah. I've been blessed with a power arm, and then sometimes I i get in positions man like you kind of mentioned it earlier one two 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 three two foul ball you know and it's like son of a gun man i'm constantly freaking grinding and learning stuff every day so i think that's huge
1: man you know we've had we've had some we've been pretty fortunate to have some arms at, at plu over the years that have over the last few years that have signed and gone on and you know, we had one in particular that works with us at Big League Edge now, and he could really do it. And he's still trying to kind of make a go of it. But when he was in college, you know, the big step he took, you know, he was a, he he came in as a, as a mid-80s lefty, and he had started to get better and better and better, but he was just throwing so many pitches. So he wasn't really on anybody's radar. And he was so worried about, you know, painting this guy and painting this guy. And, and pretty soon it got to 88-92. And his junior year, he finally figured out that, you know what, I need to, I've got this tool and I need to just maximize it and just compete with my fastball and just pound it here and pound it here and just go after guys. And his walk numbers plummeted and his strikeout numbers went through the roof because when guys were coming up to the plate, it felt like they were stepping in Oh one already. And it's right. You know, so he finally realized that, Hey, this is my tool. I've got a hot arm and I can go get guys and that's my ticket. And I need to just maximize that and compete.
2: Yeah. And, and, and here's another thing I noticed, um, because I I was a starter, I came up as a starter, obviously at a high school, um, and I started. I think it was at one particular year I was starting to advance in the minor league system, and and uh, I kind of was aware of of people improving, right? People getting better, and and I was like, okay, I need to do the same. Because I was always kind of like I I used my height, you know, I was downhill, threw pretty hard, and just yeah. of the bottom of the zone. Kept it very simple. And then it hit one year, like I said, and I was like, "I need to start going in out, up, down quadrants, freaking breaking balls early, finish back, yeah. like all this stuff because you know you want to be sexy and and you want to show people That's that right. like, you can do it and um and and what happened was i I started falling into quicksand, and I know you've you've heard that term before, man mm-hmm. the hard, the harder you try, the the deeper you sink, mm-hmm. and um it took me like two two years and getting released to figure out like. Look, man, I'm, I'm pumping like mid-upper 90s, right? Why am I even thinking about location to a point where in, out, up, down, you know, and falling in that trap of when I do think about location and, and, and glove side, arm side, I'm taking away from my natural ability of being loose and explosive, so... You know, whatever. And I think, obviously, uh, the move to the back end of the bullpen really kind of allowed me to, to free up, I guess you would say, and, yeah. uh, and really just get the most out of it. But I see that so many times, especially with young kids, right, as they're told by the parents in the stands, just throw strikes, you know, calm down, throw strikes. And... Uh, and I, that just kills me because, you know, what that allows the, or what that does to the pitcher, in my opinion, you, you can elaborate on this in a little bit, but is, is it, it comes with a brake pedal approach. And any time that you kind of start touching on the brakes when you're, when you're pitching, um, one, you're not maximizing your potential, but two, you're not letting your natural athleticism flow. And, uh, and obviously, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in any time as you can be as athletic as possible, you are gonna, you're, I think you're going to be consistent as possible. Yeah. Um, So if you want to elaborate on that,
1: I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, I mean, it's funny, man. Like I, you know, one of the things I tell our guys a lot, even the kids at Big League Edge, like I'll, like we had a video, there was a video on on Instagram of me having this conversation with a kid a a while back. It's like, man, listen. And I actually, I told one of our guys yesterday at the game, the bullpen, like, listen, dude, like, I think you're forgetting that hitting is really hard, man. (laughs) It's really hard. Like you could probably literally seven out of 10 times yell out what's coming and they're probably still going to pop it up in the air Well,
2: you see that in live bps you know yeah
1: i mean it's so we as pitchers like you don't need to make it harder on yourself like literally like odds are you're gonna get this guy out like odds are he's probably gonna you got eight guys out on the field like it's not just you like odds are he's gonna hit it at somebody
2: yeah the odds are in your favor
1: (laughs) yeah so i mean just play to play to your strengths and
0: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void reprobated by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: You know, it's so fu- I mean, that's, it's so funny because, I mean, that's exactly it. And, and And, you know, I hear there's a lot of... You know, so I'm sure you've talked to a lot of, like, parents and summer coaches and whatever over the years have different theories and this and that. And I always, you know, it's awesome to talk shop all the time. And sure. one of the things I hear a lot of times is, you know, people telling guys to, you know, a lot of things we see, honestly, when kids leave high school and come into colleges, everybody wants to pitch backwards. Everybody, that's, like, the cool thing right now. Like, hey, you know, I like to I like to throw a lot of curveballs in two O counts. It's about
2: know. fooling people now.
1: Right. And I'm like, well, I'm sitting there going, listen, man, like, honestly, if you're doing that. What that says to me is you don't have any guts with your fastball. Like that says to me that you don't have the confidence that you can take a fastball yeah. and beat somebody with it. You know? And I mean, that's my thing is like you, like the most important thing as a pitcher to me is that you get, it's not, I mean, throw a pit, throw when you're too low, throw a fastball that somebody doesn't want to swing at. Then you've won the mental battle because I'm as a hitter going, man, I was 2-0 right there and I still didn't get anything that I could hammer. Yeah. Like, you know, and it, and it, and if you can go back to the dugout and get a guy out and you're just throwing gasoline at him and he's he goes back to the dugout and his teammates comes like, "Hey, what did you see?" and what's there? I mean, he's like, "Dude, I saw fastball, seriously, that's all I saw." <laughs> and, you know, and he just and he just on And what does that say to the rest of the guys? Well, god, this guy didn't even have to go to anything else. Yeah. You know, and he's shoving on me. And I think as pitchers, you know, we you know, guys, kids, especially you know, they watch guys on TV and they see these guys throwing these, you know, these front door cutters and these oh. time sink pieces. And obviously, those guys are awesome. Devastating, yeah. But it's like those guys got there not with that pitch. Like those guys got there and got seen and and climbed because they just competed and had a tool and dominated with it. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, that's and and that's the thing. I mean, that's. Like it's, it's a bummer to see when, when kids put a ton of pressure on themselves. Cause really, like you said, man, when you got freed up and you got moved to the pan, I mean, that's what it is. Like if you've got it, if you've got something that that's a tool that you can compete with and you've got some power and you can compete with it, man, what a confidence builder. Like you'd be on the bump, you should feel free and just as confident in the world. Cause you know that at the end of the day, if you really need it, you can throw a fastball by somebody like that's huge. Yeah. So, you know, just, man, just go out. And I mean, obviously if we had it all to do over again, we'd do it differently. Right. I would too. Cause I, <laughs> I used to destroy myself after everything, but like, you know, it's like, man, like at the end of the day, gosh, if you've got, if you've got the, the goods and you can, and you can compete, man, that's what it is. Everybody wants a strike thrower. just go out and compete.
2: Yeah, man. And, and, and the flip side of that even too is, uh, I think it starts with the mentality right i mean the the aggression that you can display when you're pitching mm-hmm. as, as far as a, an aggression standpoint and, and uh that mentality as far as just sl- just holding down the gas pedal man and, yeah. and you kind of touched upon it earlier with some of your guys like give me the rock like give me the ball man like i don't care i don't care if the ump just blew a car i i, I don't care if it's 2-0. like here co- here comes the heater like this is my best stuff I don't care. You know, I'm too good to care. Really, I'm too good to care. I think uh, that was like one of the biggest advices I've gotten uh, by my 2012 low A skipper, who was like, too good to care. Like, who cares? You know, there's so many things in this game, um, external forces that can weigh you down throughout an outing. Obviously, it's a lot longer if you're a starter. There's a lot more things that can happen. But even as a reliever, you know, you can come in with second and third and throw a first pitch heater that nicks a corner and you don't get the call like who cares like what is that what is that going to do to to better yourself if you weigh yourself down on that and and i I mean i i talk from experience man i'm the you know I, i that's the only reason i can say these things is because that's happened to me numerous amount of times man where you feel like you've done your job um and then you know the ball doesn't roll your way and i think you know, going a little bit deeper into that, obviously that's the beauty of this game we play, right? Uh, well, yeah. On any given
1: day. Yeah. And it's, you know, like, one of the, I mean, I always tell guys, like, you know, you, you know, especially the younger kids, I feel like this is a really important lesson that I'll share a lot of times with guys that are, you know, like younger, like 12, 14, right. 15. It's like, you know, just so you guys are aware, in case there's any confusion, like once you let go of the baseball, your control of everything is done. Like, you don't have any control over anything anymore. Once you let it go, you can't control anything. You can throw a ball right down the can, and the umpire doesn't call it. The guy could, I mean, whatever. I mean, hit a bird on the way to home plate. You know, like, you don't have have any control. So what we need to do as pitchers is just have 100% confidence and belief in our ability, let the baseball go, make sure we're doing things right, whatever it is we need to be doing. Uh, as an individual, make sure we do things right while we have the rock in our hand and then just let it go, man, let it go free and easy with confidence because you don't have any control at that point. Yeah. So it's stupid to worry about what happens down at home play. Like that's not, I mean, obviously we all want to, we all want to hit spots and throw, I mean, that's, you know, but to have your main focus, what well, have us down at home play. No way, man. Cause you can't control that. Like you can control what you do while you have it in your hand. So you be confident you let the baseball go. I mean that's I mean that's what it is.
2: Yeah, it's conviction, right? Yeah.
1: I mean that's what it is. You know, I mean we faced a kid on Saturday. That's I mean he's going to be I he's going to be a high round guy. I mean he was ninety four ninety six for seven innings, and he
2: in D three.
1: Yeah, I mean he he wasn't when he got there. I mean he was so he was the dictionary definition of a late bloomer, and now he's six eight. <laughs>
2: Must have got on the velo pro. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and he you know he. God, he, the breaking ball's not there yet. I mean, it will be, but it's not there yet. But he didn't. He just knew everything was going to work out, and it was just, it was just on you, on you. And he knew it, and it was just, hey, man, if I'm two-two, it's fine because I know I can just reach back, and that's what it has to be. I mean, you know, I mean, you have to. You, I mean, all that matters is that the guy on the mound believes in the guy on the mound. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it, nobody else has to. If the guy on the mound believes in him, that's it.
2: Yeah, yeah, and we and we can we can we can take that a step further. And obviously, you touch on controlling the controllables, um, but even even before you touch the ball, right? I mean, it's 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 the work preparation that you put into that. So you're we're, we're, so we're talking about um, you know obviously not not putting too much emphasis and, and um, forces into the the actual result of things, which we play a game that is kind of result orientated, right? But it's it's taking a step back and telling yourself, look. You know I need to control that I get eight hours of sleep at night I need to control that I I put proper things in my body I need to control that' I'm, I'm doing the proper strength training the proper conditioning you know the the proper mental skills and then as soon as I go out and and grab the ball and I'm on the bump then I've done everything that I could possibly do to make sure that I'm 110 percent ready for that particular moment and then as soon as I kick my leg and then my arm starts to rock and fire and I let that thing go it's you know, it's full conviction that I've done everything that I can do
1: and the rest will take care of itself. Right. It's, it's trusting that's, in that in that process. That's absolutely right. And, you know, it's I'm a really yeah, and I'm glad you meant that. I'm a really big believer in, you know, the little things that mm. practice do like, you know, like say I'm doing my my routine and, and it's a and it's a Tuesday and, and whatever I threw on Saturday and, you know, it's a day for me to get my ab routine in and, and whatever it is. You know, if I decide that day that ah, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna duck out on this last few sets of whatever Abbott is or or whatever. You know, if I decide today that that's not that important to me, then pretty soon other things aren't going to be very important to me either. Yep. And and pretty soon, what happens in a game isn't going to be as important to me, and my focus isn't going to be there. And I'll tell you this: the guys I've seen and and been fortunate enough to coach that that have gone and 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 gone on and played professional baseball are the guys that are never late to anything you don't have to watch them because you know exactly where they are at any given time doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing nobody has to be standing there with them and you know you know we had an all-american closer that was i mean he wasn't special he was 86 88 and 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 you know breaking ball is okay but man he and bp would pick out he was standing there in the dugout and look across and pick out guys that he was going to destroy in the ninth inning that day. <laughs> you know? And he would come up and tell me, he'd be like, Hey, Taunt, I'm going to fricking own that guy and that guy. And I'm going to inside slot that guy. And it's, you know, and, and he knew it and he didn't care. He knew, as far as he was concerned, it was going to happen. And then periodically throughout the game, he go down to the bullpen every few innings and, and do some band work and get his mind right. He always knew where we were in the lineup and who was coming up and who was probably going to be up in the night. Like he knew that stuff. No yeah. You know, and that's why he was an all American and that's why.
2: And it's he no started. accident.
1: Yeah. it's because he did the right things.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's putting yourself in the best position possible, you know? And uh, I hear it all the time, man, is like kids kind of, Obviously, we, we live in a different generation than, than when, when we kind of grew up, right? So yep. there's, there's a little bit more, and I don't mean any disrespect for those of you listening, but there's a little bit more excuses. There's a little bit more um, connectivity through social outlets or um, you know, technology. So uh, what, I, what I see that's a popular thing um, is, oh, I have, a, I have a two-hour practice window today. You know, I'll make sure that I, I get better during that particular window. And for me personally man it's it's not setting a block window for you to just train and, and and master your craft during that little particular amount of time it's It's a constant just every single day, every waking minute like how how what can I do right now? you know if I don't have homework or whatever it is that I can better myself and uh, 100%. And it go and it goes into more than just physical, right? We play a we play a game that's ninety percent mental and the other half physical. So so there's things that we can do to practice that. And uh, and you know, I mean, unfortunately, I, I I I didn't really dive into like the mental side of the game till later. Obviously, there's a fine line between I think diving too much into it and kind of getting consumed with that and and and, and not the physical side but um but yeah man i I just think a big thing with the times the way they are now is is kids just think it's okay to to take that 60 minutes out of their day and and go to their team practice and think they they've done everything they needed to do right and i think it, 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 it goes so much more into that
1: absolutely and that's yeah and i think the line is you know i think that like you mentioned earlier, like, you know, if you if you throw a pitch and it's and it's borderline and it doesn't get called, you know, there's guys, as you I'm sure are well aware, that will take that and they will say, Man, that didn't come back. So I must have done this and this and this and this and this. So I need to do this and this. That piece is where I feel like it becomes detrimental and you're overanalyzing. I feel like diving in as far as making sure you are ready to compete and you are prepared. And know exactly who you're gonna compete against, and know what you need to do to be successful. That's where it needs to be.
2: Boom. Yeah. Yeah, man. And and you kind of you definitely hit it on a, with your all American closer, dude. Like, look at look at his attention to detail, right? And look at and look at Kershaw's attention to detail. Homeboy's the best pitcher in the in the game. I'll say regular season by far. And you know he just turned 30, and he's done. He's a, he's gonna be a Hall of Famer, like no question. But he's still going out and he's still doing these things. Uh I saw a, a gif the other day or however you say, it, I don't know, but of, of him like working on his hold hold with a runner on second, two look, one look, pitch. And it was like that? he didn't he didn't yeah. have a ball. And it's like, okay, we're talking about um an like uh, I don't know how many times he's been on the All-Star team. I know he's won the Cy Young three times, you know, and and it's like this is the best of the best, and look at look at him work on things he's probably already phenomenal at, right? So then you have to look in the mirror about okay, well, what what am I doing? Like what 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 can I do today? Whether it be in your living room, you know, without any shoes on, just just dry working it in front of a mirror or something, just getting dry like reps in. Like there's so many outlets for us today that that we can utilize to to better our craft and make sure that we are prepared when we when we face those uh, face those hitters
1: you know it's 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 amazing when you get a chance to talk to guys that have you know been at the highest levels and and, and kind of just listen and pick their brain of how they went about things cuz it's really not it's so simple but it's so like it makes so much sense like I was very fortunate you know I got you know, in our last facility before he moved off and took his job with the Dodgers, Baez was in a couple times. Okay. Uh, you know, and I, you know, I grew up here, and I used to see him play all time. You know, as a Mariner or whatever. But I got to sit, and he came and took some swings, and we were just BSing about some stuff, and he's telling me some stories, and he he was saying when he, you know, because he signed with the Yankees late in his career. Yeah. And, you know, that was on the back end of Raul I mean, that's an accomplished big-time guy. Well,
2: he's still raked with the Yankees.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's total clutch and relaxed all the time. And you, when you talk to him, it's like two words into the conversation. You're like, oh, man, this is why you were good. Like, nothing. <laughs> like, he's so calm. Like, he's so calm. Where's my notepad? <laughs> yeah. And he just, you know, he's telling me this story about, you know, from a hitting standpoint, like, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like, you know, when I was with the Yankees, we we – signed this bullpen guy that came in and he was an upper nineties guy as pretty much everybody in the big leagues is now. It's ridiculous. Of course. And he's like, he was big cutter guy and he would run his cutter in on lefties. And early in my career, he would just like my first few years I faced him, he would just destroy me. But then later on he would destroy everybody else, but not me. And I actually put some good swings on the balls. And when they signed him, we were out in BP one day and he came over and talked to him and he was like, Hey man, how come like, you would never, like, I could never get a ball in on you. Like, you would never even step at this ball that I would run in on you. And it really used to piss me off and, you know, whatever. And Bonnie was just telling me, he's like, you know, I just told the guy, he was like, you know, I, you know, and it's, and it's, but like, Rebels like cool as, he's cool as hell, right? When he's, yes. this, he's like, he's like, I just told him, I was like, you know, I realized, you know, what am I doing? Like, I knew that if they went to you to come get me out, I was well aware of the fact that I did not pick up the baseball off of you like when you would throw cutters at me. So there was no sense. If the ball was middle end, I was just, there's no way. So I wasn't even going to bother. What I was going to do is I was going to wait for you to set me up with that pitch and then go away. And that was the one I was going to go with. And I I was sitting there going, man, one, to be that confident in your ability to be able to say, yeah, you know what, that's fine. I'll go ahead, you go ahead and run strikes in on me here under my hands, but don't miss here, or I'm going to send this ball out of here, you know? Jeez, man. It's one, thing, it's one thing to do that, to it's, it's say that, it's another to, you know, a it's, whole
2: entirely another thing to, you know? to do it.
1: And so he told, he's like, I just told the guys, like, listen, I knew, you know, I know my limitations as a player, like, I knew there was no way I could handle this, so I knew that I was going to get one out here, I just had to be ready to hit it. And that's the thing where I feel like that's the mental piece you're talking about that needs to be. That's what the mental piece needs to be is you need to be well aware of you know a the shot you're gonna get and what you need to be to do to be successful and then be prepared to do it. Like it's gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen, and I'm gonna be prepared to do it. Absolutely,
2: absolutely, man. And that, and that goes back to you know knowing thyself, right? Is you yeah. Gotta, you- you you just hit it like you Abania's knew like obviously later in his career maybe his hands were a little bit slower like he knew like there's no chance homeboy's running upper nines with cut there's no chance so why why put myself in a position to to fail when you know i i and it's funny i i i i want to like i want to dive into this particular thing too um is uh I, I think that's, that's so pivotal is to, to, to pick, um, so for me as a pitcher, and you, and you as well, uh, to pick hitters' brains, right? To get Absolutely. that feedback, because I think, dude, that story right there, that like jacks me up. And, yeah. I, and I think uh, no matter how much data, no matter how much technology we have in this game, uh, and I, it's all great. Um, it's all great. I, I, believe, I believe there's a use for it, um, but there's not going to be any other better feedback than the guy at the dish, hundred percent, hundred percent, yep. Um, so you know, I think I think for those of you listening, even if you're, uh, you know, twelve or whatever, and you're in little league, and, and maybe the hitter doesn't know like particular terms, it doesn't have to be complex, right? Like you said with banya is like it at, at at first sight, that's like mind blown. Wow, dude! Like, how do you even think that when you're up there and the yeah. game's going a million miles an hour? But then you take that step back. And you go, wait a second. Like it's as simple as I knew I couldn't hit this, so I wasn't gonna swing at it, and I'll look for something out over the dish. And That's it's right. and it's boom, you know, and, and, and a 12-year-old can reiterate something like that to where, hey, uh, you know, your 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 hand uh your hand glove breaks a little bit early, so I'm picking up some white, and uh I guess that just makes me a little bit more comfortable. You know, maybe think about putting, you know, making your, your hand break a little bit behind you and then boom, you know, there's it's like little nuggets that you can take from each, each individual. And I think that's something that I didn't really do, uh, growing up was I was always stubborn, obviously as a pitcher, it's in our blood. Um, I didn't want to talk to hitters about my thing cause I didn't think they knew, you know? So, yeah, that's uh, right. but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's huge, you know, man.
1: And it's, and it's the reason I feel like he was able to breathe through that situation and be that calm is because that's not the first time he had that understanding in his head. Like it started like probably months and months and months earlier. And he just decided that, yep, this is what I'm gonna do. And it's part of the whole being prepared thing. Like the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life, two things. One, I got a chance to BS with Jay Buner one day. Oh um, you know, and he was you know, I mean, he was a 260 guy that'd hit you 40 bombs. I mean, in his I mean he was in his prime, he was I mean, he could do a lot of damage. He's mean,
2: freaking Buhner, strong. Guy.
1: Yeah. And he switched, you know, I don't know if you remember or not, but when he came up in the big leagues, he was a pretty traditional, closed off, you know, stance, very traditional what you would see, like on a baseball card, stance wise. Yeah. And then later, he was completely open, like chest and face facing the pitcher. Yep. And I, asked, I know, I know that, I know that guy,
2: you know. Yeah. And I
1: asked him, I'm like, hey, man, like, I just that's all I want to know, you know, because I mean, I'm 36. But like, when I get to talk ball with people, like, I'm like, 12, right? 12, bro. (laughs) And I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like, listen, dude, like, I gotta ask you, like, why did this happen? Like, it was so dramatic. So dramatic. Yes. And he's like, well, you know what, man? All of a sudden, I was losing sliders from guys. He's Mm -hmm. like, I couldn't see sliders because they've discovered that he was big time right eye dominant. Huh. And so his left eye was afraid like I couldn't see it, so I was like, either I can just not hit anymore, or I can just do this you know <laughs> like, man, you know, and then to be able to do that and the other and the other one was you know when Ken Griffey jr obviously he's massive here right I mean he's you know he's unreal crazy. you know, and that was my childhood guy, you know i was you know when he broke into the big leagues, I was nine years old, i mean he was you know I, he was my guy so when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know, they inducted him into the Mariner Hall of Fame. And oh, yeah. They had, you know, they had all the TV specials on him. And they did one where they brought back a lot of his old teammates and they interviewed him. And Tim Belcher, that pitched late in his career with the Mariners, was on the 97 team when Griffey won the MVP. Mm-hmm. And they were interviewing him And because there was a stretch there where you just, I mean, you could have. I mean, literally, there's a there's there's a there's a pitch on that highlight video where, like, Alan Mills for the Orioles threw a pitch out and Junior hit it out of the park. I mean, it was stupid. Like, you know, so they're talking to him and, and Tim's like, you know, one day I looked up and I noticed that he was in the on-deck circle and he wasn't even looking at anything. Like, he was just looking up in the bleachers and this guy's throwing cheese on the bump and he's not even looking. I'm like, hey, Junior's like,
0: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to dot com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: How come you never pay attention? He's like, you know, you're making all this look bad. Yeah. And and he's like, he said Griffey walked over to him and said, Hey Belch, because if this guy throws the ball where I'm gonna swing then I'm going to hit a ball out of the yard. (laughs) What is going on right now? Like that's the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) My God. Oh, man. Baseball simplified right there. Yeah, that's literally what he said. If this guy throws it where I'm going to swing, then I'm going to hit a bomb. What? That's like, come on.
2: How much confidence
1: do you have have in yourself to say that? That, That's the whole thing. That's why it's the coolest thing in the world. Well, how old
2: was he at the time? so
1: 97 he was uh what was he 19 when he broke in in 89 so this was 97 eight years later so 27 yeah sheesh man and he's like you know he hit 56 that year i think
2: so pretty much that did happen so the 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 one all right i have two memories of griffey uh one memory being um him in uh little big league and oh yeah. Uh, and yep. being just super cocky. Yep. <laughs> and yep. And, uh, and then the other one is uh, him at the very end of Summer Catch. It's the Homer for the rest. Oh, yeah,
1: I forgot he was even in that movie. Yo,
2: he's he's got more screen time than freaking 98% of
1: baseball players. Freddie Prince Jr. worst pitching delivery in history, but he bumped ninety
2: seven. Oh my god, he's on
1: the velo pro. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Oh man.
2: So speaking of velo pro, yeah, let's dive in, man. We're at forty minutes. I knew this was gonna happen. Um, so so take me through it, man. And and for those of you who listening who who uh, who don't know uh, what the velo pro is, uh, Sean, go ahead and uh, kind of just elaborate on on what it is and what it entails.
1: Yeah, so Velo Pro is—it's a movement training harness, is what it is, and you know, it's meant to train, to retrain motor patterns and get sync up your kinetic chain, essentially, and and it it's meant to train linear to rotational movement. Mm -hmm. So, really, I mean, we designed it obviously for baseball. Now it's all over in other sports as well. But originally, what happened was, you know, Jim and I would be down, you know, this is like six years ago, and we're like, man, you know, every night. We sit here and we talk to kids about staying loaded in their heel longer, staying back longer, staying above the pitch longer, you know, so on and so on and so on. And they hear us and they say, yeah, okay, I get it. And we know they get it, but then they don't do it. Right. And they would look at us and they'd be like, hey, was that better? And we'd be like, no, dude. Like that was the same as the first 20 you did that weren't right. Yeah. The application know? of it. Yeah. And so we're sitting there going, man, are we just not really good at this or <laughs> or is there something missing here? Like. You know, because I think part of being a good coach and a good instructor is you reflect and you look at what you need to do better. And and we're sitting here going, man, you know, this isn't it's not happening like these guys are. It's happening to a point, but it's taking way longer than it should. Right. And we realize finally that the reason is because no matter how much we can give an athlete, any coach, no matter how much we can give an athlete, you know, explanation wise, making things make sense, whatever. We cannot give an athlete the ability to feel anything. Right. We we can't do that. Right. So if you can't make an athlete feel anything, then it ultimately ends with your verbiage and that's it. And then it's just up to if the athlete's good enough to feel it or not. Sure. You know, and originally the plan, I mean, we just, you know, so we're like, man, we got to come up with something. So you know, we shared some stories about when we were both younger and what we would do to create resistance and what we would do to to kind of make sure we would feel loaded longer and help us train. You know, because as you know, being on time as a pitcher is everything. Right. Your arm has to be on time. So what we did was we developed the VeloPro harness, and what it is is it's it's a belt and a, and a piece that goes on your on your on your back or front foot, whichever one you want to use it on. And then there's patented system with bungee cords that we have that goes. One goes down the back hip to the outside of your ankle, and one goes from the small of your back to the inside of your ankle. And we designed it to be very sensitive to linear movement. So if you drift forward too early, you get the sensation that your back heel is being pulled up off the ground. And that's your feedback that I, as a coach, cannot give you. Right. So that's your feedback that, okay, my back heel got pulled up, and it is black and white. My back heel got pulled up. I move forward. That's what happened. So then – when you're training with it, the objective becomes, hey, instead of me trying to do this and this, I'm just going to get to my foot strike on this one without feeling any pull on my Uh back heel. And essentially what happens is you stay loaded longer, you get better pitch quality. And what it does is it's not a magic pill, right? Like if you don't have 90 in your arm, you're not going to be 90. Right, right. But what it is is, you know, you go see a guy and he's 84, 85, 84, 85, and then an 87, and then it goes right back to 8485. Well, the 87's in there. What's happening is he's not getting it out because uh-huh. he's inconsistent. So what it does is it takes that untapped potential velocity that you have in there and it'll bring it out of you because it helps you stay loaded longer. And originally we just did it because we needed the help. Sure. But you know, I I threw a, a broadcast up on Periscope of it, and all of a sudden we started getting calls from shoot, man, like I mean, just big time colleges and, and some professional guys. And they're like, man, this thing is exactly what I need. And, and it just took off. And it turns out that is a, I mean, we always knew that everyone struggled with that. I mean, that's the thing yeah. I struggled with. That's the thing everybody struggles with. Yeah. But it turns out like this thing, like, I mean, it, it literally works for everybody. I mean, it's, it is, it is so simple and it's easy to use and it solves the un, the, the unsolvable. Like it gives you feel when you're, so like, if you don't have a coach there, it does you can still get the same feedback? Like my guys at PLU, for example, they use it, and when I know when I'm not there, they're getting the same feedback I would give them, because they're getting it through this harness.
2: Yeah, and it and it goes and it goes into you know. Obviously, we can probably branch off with a whole another thirty minute conversation about how being once, being your own coach, how pivotal that is, right? I mean, it's the same the same thing that your product's given us. Yeah, absolutely, and you know,
1: you know, and then on the hitting aspect, I mean, it's huge there too because. I mean, shoe man, hitting's timing as well, and you know it's you un- know a lot of the big league organizations that are using it now. What they're using it for is a lot of times they're offensive guys because you know we've had organizations call us and be like, "Listen, this kid we took in whatever round a few years back, he's finally getting what we've been telling him for two years because he can feel it." Right. And what it is is he was drifting on pitches, and he knew it, but he's so frustrated he's like, "God, I can't. I have no idea if I, I'm hitting off the tee. I don't know if I'm doing it right or not." Right. And this thing, you know, every single time, every single time. And there's no, there's no guesswork. And that's what we wanted to give, you know, A to the athletes and B to the coaches to, to help take the guesswork out of it. And it's so frustrating as a coach to see what's going on and not be able to get a kid to feel what you're seeing.
2: Yeah. Cause you care, you know, you yeah. want, you want everyone to be successful that you're working with. Absolutely. Um, you know? Yeah. I think, I think, it, I think it's, uh, it's interesting too, because I, I saw like a tweet, maybe a Instagram thing about uh, uh, it was like a still of a pitcher, you know, kind of at foot strike, and then it was a still of a hitter at foot strike. And it was like, you know, should we should we train the same because the movements are very similar. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you touched upon uh, putting it on hitters too because at the end of the day, what is it, right? It's a load,
1: it's a time, and then it's an explosion out front. And <laughs> yeah. I, and I mean, that's the same Yeah. And our big thing, you know, we designed it around the concept of, you know, heel connection, right? So whether I'm, I mean, really anything, whether I'm, whether I'm hitting, throwing a pitch, you know, taking a golf swing, you know, it's, it's becoming really big with quarterbacks right now, because basically as a baseball player where it started, like the movement, if I can get my heels in the ground before I drive, then I'm going to be way more successful and be able to better support whatever it is that I'm throwing or my swing, you know? Um, yeah. You, like, you liken it to anything where you where you apply force. You know, if I'm going to throw a punch, like you look at it like a boxer, like you would never start to throw a punch before your front foot gets in the ground.
2: Oh, man. this, this So this is huge. And this is something that I've gotten really big on, I think, just in the last couple of months, man, is ground force. Yeah. Um So for listeners, it's it's essentially – how much force can you apply into the earth, which will therefore apply back into you? Absolutely. Um, and and so here's my thing, right? So I'll, I'll I'll break down my struggles and um and like I said earlier, I am not tooting my own horn, but I was I was blessed with a very strong and quick arm, and yeah, uh, and I got away from using not many, much legs, uh, just because of that arm. Right. And, uh, and I had surgery, I had bone spurs, you know, and and I, when I came back, you know, it was a, it was a struggle to kind of find that velocity again. And then finally, uh, just recently, just before I went to Puerto Rico for winter ball, I kind of discovered, um, with, with some help from some, some other guys uh, uh, about how to, to properly use your, your motion and ground force within your mechanics. And, uh, and just really feeling and obviously it's it's tough because with with mechanics and anything hitting pitching whatever uh it's it's very easy to to do the wrong thing over and over again and then obviously motion memory stick comes in and then the wrong thing that you're doing just feels right um and then when you do the right thing it feels it feels off or funky so then it maybe feels wrong i think there's obviously there's that huge fine line there um, yeah. but for me was, like I said, I, I was never a big, uh, you know, I, I would load, I would get into my backside, but the feeling of applying ground force to me was dr- the drop and drive. Right. And then sure. what, sure. what Velo pro actually, what showed me was back knee direction. So if I'm trying to put it in this way so that people can visualize it. So when I would, when I would kick, when I would, when I would lay kick and I would get into my into my butt per se, I would my, my back knee would crack to a point where the direction of it would have to go out to third base and then around and catch up yep. a little bit back down the slope. So what was happening was my ground force was going from say, you know 250 pounds at leg kick to 190. and then yep. we kind of try to catch back on down the slope, but then we were only at 90 pounds. you know so that's right. that, that was right. something that really showed me you know, like, okay, dude, like I'm cracking this back knee, maybe a little bit too prematurely, you know, it feels powerful because I'm getting in my squat. Um, but at the same time, the direction of it's not towards the dish. So where's my energy being transferred? That's right. uh, and, and, you know, and, and then finally, I was like, okay, because it's funny, you know, you think heel, right? So you think heel drive down into the earth. But at the same time, what are we taught our whole lives? Be athletic, right? Balls of your feet. So yep. it's kind of it's, it's a tough feeling. Um, as far as like, you really want that whole foot. And I just did like a, a mechanical cues on my Instagram page about how, you know, when I proceed down to, to I saw that. To, to, yeah. yeah. So when I proceed down to throw, notice how my knee is now going towards, it's going down, which is essentially applying force from my foot towards the dish, you know? So a lot of people I'll see kind of go to throw. And then that back knee just comes up, you know, and, and, yeah, and kind of like a hitter too.
1: Well, and like you're saying, it it feels different at first because absolutely like, you know, one of the things too, when we were developing this thing was, you know, the said principle, like if you've never moved a certain way, then you will not move a certain way Oh yeah, until you retrain that motor pattern. Right. And so, you know, we're just looking at this and we're going, man, like every single athletic movement in any sport that requires linear to rotational movement, you look at all those guys, they have got to get both feet in the ground. Before they fire. Boom. It's got to be. That's power. That's transforming. And that's that's why why quarterbacks are starting to get all over this thing now. Because if you drive on a football down the field and you don't get your front foot in the ground first, even if it's just a tick early, the ball sails. Yep. Like, that's what it is. And for pitchers, you know, we're always talking about, you know, creating power, creating down angle. Well, shoot. If I have any shot to stay above a pitch and throw down, I've got to get my front foot down before I hammer on it. Yep. You know, and yeah, and that's, and that's what, that's what it does. I mean, that's what it does. And and it, and it, it's so powerful because it gives you the ability. If you're in your, you know, we get videos sent to us from all over people that are like, you know, even pro guys, they're like in their living room and they have this thing on and they're like, okay, I know that was a crappy rep because as I was getting into the ground, my back foot got pulled up. Yeah. So that is not right. So I need to, I need to get down before I fire.
2: Yeah. And, 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 and the coolest thing, and again, um, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but this is like a, a transformation that was kind of neat is, um, I was always a max effort guy. Obviously when I got moved to back into the pen, that was kind of like the thing, right? You just freaking come in and blow it right. out. And, you. uh, you know, and I would be upper nines and, uh, I would have to throw everything I had into it to do that. And, uh, just this past winter, um, I re- I, I specifically remember being in Mexico for the Caribbean series and, uh, I, I wanna say like my like third warm up pitch. I'm just kinda going through my new motion and just really feeling that drive and being on time. And I, I threw a pitch in warm ups, got the ball, turned around, look at the scoreboard, didn't even know there was a radar gun. It was like ninety four in warm ups. And yep. I'm like and I'm like, what wait, what I was never that guy, you know? And and then what hap- what started happening was that, you know, you talk you talk about effortless velocity and and i will i will say it you know every day that i think effortless velocity is is obviously better than, oh yeah it's true velocity yeah yeah, exactly you, you look at like a noah syndergaard yeah. right and it's like home homeboy's just true within his
1: mechanics and then it's boom and explosive it's it's ride well, and one of the big things we that we always say always say and we put it up on instagram a bunch is you know what you do if you if you're looking at an arm that's well supported i go to look at a kid or you know, the, the, you know, the pro guys we've had come work with us on the Velo Pro, like you look at a good arm that's, that's supported well, not necessarily like a pro arm, but just an arm that's, that's doing well in his delivery, that's going to support it. You should hear the hand like late, like the hand should be almost like, even with the ear, like you should, if you're standing, like sometimes, like a lot of times I'll stand like, you know, four or five feet in front of a guy and have him throw, and I'm on the side, and you should hear his hand right at the end. Just right, right at the end, and it comes out. And that's, you know, rather than trying to throw it out of your pocket, rather than trying to throw it out of your pocket, I mean, the hand should be late, should be late.
2: That's, that's interesting too, right? Because we're, we're told, you know, we're told to as soon as foot strike occurs, we want to be in that power position. So are you saying you want to, you kind of want to get to where that hand's coming a little bit later after foot strike?
1: So, what I'm saying is you should hundred percent be in a good supportive power position at foot strike. What I'm saying is what a lot of people do and i'll try to like you I'll try to visualize this for everybody. A lot of guys, if you really slow it down and watch what they do is and this is why we created VeloPro because this was such a prevalent issue huh foot strike hits, and the first thing that goes is the chest. oh yeah, so the way your body's connected. You know, if you make it a race between your arm and your chest to home, your chest is going to win every time. It's a bigger part of your body. So by doing that, my arm, if I drive to home with my chest and I go chest down and head down, my arm's got no shot. And it's going to be forced to counterweight. Like we're real big on counterweight. So the ball is your counterweight. So dynamic balance. Your body's always trying to stay in balance, right? You start to walk uphill. You lean forward a little bit. You know, you step in a pothole with your right leg, your left hand comes out to balance you. Like if your chest goes forward like that, your body is going to throw your arm up early to counterbalance and that's where you lose it. But wow. foot, <laughs> but at, but at foot strike, right? My back half, my my hip has got to initiate that whole thing like like that's why you see like these guys that come out of the pen in the big leagues now throwing freaking 101. Sure. And their back legs flying everywhere. It's because they're getting in the ground and their back hip is initiating everything. And we always tell guys chest out, not chest down. And so like I, we do a drill a lot. I threw it up on Instagram a while ago, me doing it with a high school kid where we'll take a fungo, really effective drill. And you're like six feet in front of the mound and you just hold the fungo out at where their shoulder height is going to be and force them to throw the ball at the knees, but throw it over the fungo. It's really simple, but what it it does is it forces you to stay chest out longer, and in doing so, it forces you to use your lower body, and what VeloPro does is by forcing you to feel whether you're staying loaded or not, you stay loaded long enough, your hand will naturally go out in front, so rather than try to fix the hand, if you just fix your body movement and your motor patterning, your hand will come out in front, and what should happen is, of course, your arm's going to accelerate once you hit, but it should be you're tall and your hand gets out in front, and then right at the end is just. Phew! and the hand just flicks at the end really fast. and that's when the whip Yeah, and that's when you say what you're saying, which is the easy velocity, right? Yeah. Like this you know, you look at like Syndergaard and those guys, it's not it's not like, you know, when you watch old footage of like you know the 50s big league footage, like where pitchers are just like standing on like a 17 foot mound, right and they're yeah. like moving as fast as they can to get down. Now starters are a little bit slower in their, in their deliveries. And then right at the end, it's just hammer on it. And so then by the time my hand gets in, like I call it a leverage change, right? Like if you, if you're facing forward and you just put your arm up in a throwing position and move it back towards behind you, you start to feel the stretch on your shoulder. If you just start to move your arm forward, pretty soon your shoulder will just roll forward. Yeah, that's my supported position. And that's when I'm supported and my hand will accelerate.
2: Yeah, I like I like to say defy gravity, essentially. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's that's a big one. That's a cue for me that really clicked. Because obviously, as pitchers, especially on a slope, man, we're, we're so anxious. Um, Yeah, we, we, we play a sport that demands uh, velocity. So when you think of velocity, you think, you know, how fast can I get get going? And uh, and your body knows that, and so subconsciously you know that. So the first thing that you do is you is you leak or you fly, you know whatever right. it is, and and that's exactly what you're saying, right? Just a little bit different terminology. That's right, um, hundred yeah. percent. And so it's 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 the constant reminder of like, look, gravity's telling me to go. Like I gotta I gotta stay back, and I, that's why I think like head head back foot for as long as possible, and then ride right. ride that tension in that front half out, and then as soon as you get to a point where the arm's just naturally going to go. It's like rubber band, right? You pull that rubber band. You pull that rubber band or, or a slingshot, whatever you want to call it. And then at that last second, man, you freaking let that thing go. And it's what you're talking about, this whip.
1: It's boom. It's boom. Yeah. yeah. So head so head over back hip. That's perfect. So head over back hip as long as possible. That's what you want. The thing is, once you, create, once you bring the slope into the equation, everybody knows that. But it's really hard to do that application, right? Yeah. And so we'll get guys all the time. They're like, I feel like I'm staying back. And then you watch them and it's just not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So then they throw the velo pro on and you don't even say anything. He's like, here you go. Throw this on and do not let your back heel come off the ground. They're like, all right, but it comes off the ground sure, because they suddenly realize, holy crap, I'm actually way forward and I'm driving on this pitch or I'm driving on this swing with my front shoulder instead of my back hip. Sure. And so now they put this on and all of a sudden, once they're able to keep it slack and keep it and make it so that they doesn't get pulled up, then they're staying loaded because we don't want to just support the pitch at our leg lift, right? We want to support the pitch all the way out through foot strike. We still need to be supporting the pitch. yeah. And so this helps them, you know, get down the hill. And I'm telling you, man, like the results, it is, it's ridiculous. Oh, like, I can imagine. Like it's, and and for the more polished arms, like the college arms, the pro guys, the difference in secondary stuff and breaking balls is crazy. You know, when Tywin Walker was in and he spent some time working with us on it, and it's like the difference in his slider, because that's what he was doing. He was getting a slider because he just didn't really throw one. Right. right. And it's because he was so far forward, and he felt it immediately. And so he started – he's an unbelievable athlete, by the way. Yeah. So he oh, made yeah. – and big as a house. Oh, yeah. And so he made the necessary change. All of a sudden, the plane change and the firmness of his slider was ridiculous. It started coming out on slot. Because our thing is, like, instead of trying to fix the hand and the arm, fix the lower half. And you know how to be an athlete. You probably know how to throw a baseball. Sure. So fix the lower half. Get yourself on time. And then your arm will come out on time and accelerate on time. Yeah. I mean, and, and, then, and then, guys, uh, listeners,
2: like, you got to understand, too, is... I think uh, a big thing that's overlooked, uh, especially in, in the demand for velocity, um, is staying on the field, right? And, it, and it's pitching every fifth day if you're a starter yep. or being able to go out. And what this allows you to do is, is what, so what we're talking about is getting in your lower half, which is essentially taking that stress off your arm. And, and I mean, I'm attesting to this. I had bone spurs for that specific reason, right? I was all arm, all acceleration, not a lot of deceleration there. And then, as soon as I started really like fine tuning my my lower half and and actually using that properly, a uh, effortless velocity came out, and then B, I was recovering like a motherfucker man. I would, yeah. I threw five days in a row down in Puerto Rico like it was nothing, and I could have yeah. went I could have went six, but we had an off day, and your boy was at the beach all day. Um, <laughs> but so that's what I'm saying is like, yeah. it, it, there's such a. Uh, I, obviously, things get like um, you know misinterpreted or whatever. I want to build velocity, rah rah rah, and what, whatnot. I think the most important thing is get your butt on the field as much as you can,
1: and and get the most out of yourself, right? And, and in order yeah. to do that, you have to be healthy. You know, and the thing too is like another great application with it that everybody uses it for now is 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 we get new video all the time sent to us and pictures of people doing their normal routines, their med ball routines with it on because. Interesting because it helps them, you know, top velocity is big with that because, you know, essentially it makes your med ball workouts better and more efficient and you get more out of each rep because it forces you, you know, you're doing med ball routines to use your lower half. But a lot of times people don't even use their lower half. Really yeah. When yeah, yeah, yeah. So it forces you saying it long toss is a huge one. And we have a long toss program that if people want to use it, they can, it's free. It's on our V on our website and it incorporates like, long toss, a lot of times people throw it, and it, they just spray balls left to right, right? And a ton of run, and it's like, geez, man. And they can't get true flight because they're forward. Once they start getting momentum into their throw as they get further out, they start to drift forward. And so, like, you know, like my guys, for example, like, they spend they spend all winter on their long toss program with the Velo Pro, and they're playing long toss with it on, and it's forcing them as they're getting momentum to stay in their back leg, and they learn, okay, this is actually how long I need to stay right. in my back leg. You know, and it's so applicable, like it literally makes med ball routines better, long toss better, bullpens better. I mean, it's, it, it efficient, it, it economizes everything that you do.
2: And it's that instant feedback. You That's know? right. That's what it is. In such a data-driven world where, where we are having more and more instant feedback, it's the application of it too, right? That's so right. I Absolutely. Think, uh, so, so the last question I wanted to touch on, man, and, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of close on this, yeah. but, uh, Obviously, in, in, the, in the world that we live in, uh, especially with athletics, um, I talked about it on some previous podcasts, as far as the evolution of training goes, I think, I think training has, has just blown up, right? And uh, we're, we have tools now. We have all this science and data behind our training. So therefore, we do it more often. I think the strength programs are getting bigger and bigger as we proceed. Obviously, the demand for velocity has a lot to do with that. Um, my question to you, man, especially coming from, from the, the creation of this Velo Pro and, and working with kind of groups of all, of all ages really is, is, do you, I mean, for me personally, I'm sensing, um, uh, a time where I think our mechanics, our motion that we actually use on the mound is kind of getting pushed to the side and we're putting more emphasis on our training. So my question is, is, is how much you know, how much do you believe in, in mechanics being a tool for velocity
1: development rather and not rather than training, but kind of supplement them both. So you're saying the difference between like mechanical training and like, just like movement training and performing
2: well like, i i just i just think so for me like it was always oh uh, you know i want to throw harder so i'm going to hit the weights harder you know or i'm going to i'm going to sprint faster or whatever it is and then when i took a step back and looked at at the game of baseball i was like okay well what's what do i do that delivers the pitch right so it's like yeah. okay maybe we should look at that so that's kind of i know it's a it's a, maybe a broad kind of a weird question but yeah. i'm trying to get to the bottom of of how much emphasis we should be putting on the actual motion and mechanics of our pitching delivery, um, you know, compared to lifting weights or uh, weighted balls or whatever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think anything in moderation, right? Like I think that, I mean, uh, focusing on mechanics, delivery obviously is a great thing. Like focusing on making sure I'm getting, you know, from a to B correctly. And I think that there's, you know, there's certain things that all pitchers have to do to be successful and supported and be safe and powerful and everything. I think where it becomes an issue is you know, we get a lot of guys a lot of times that when things aren't necessarily going well on the field, like say they're a little bit erratic that day uh-huh. or whatever, they will go back and they will go, oh man, I'm not separating on time or I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, my head's, you know, whatever it is. I'm not, I'm not moving here. I get mean, real I'm mechanical. Too much. Right. And I think at that point, it, it inhibits guys. I think, I think. I think that focusing, like if you're a guy that needs to maybe, you know, you know, like being savvy, right? I know I need to separate, you touched on earlier, I know I need to separate a little bit earlier. I Uh need to stay in my back half longer, stay taller longer. I think training, doing dry work is invaluable on working on things of that nature. Like, hey, I need to do, I need to stay taller longer. I need to stay head up. I need to stay, you know, I need to get the ball out on time. A big one for us is, you know, for a right-handed pitcher, your front foot gets in the ground, your belly button's at third base. That's what it is at the third baseman, you know, and you and you don't rotate early. I think mechanical training to do those types of moves is enormous. Uh-huh. I think that also they're starting to get, and you touched on it, man, because training's become so big. Yeah. I think that what we have seen, especially at the college level, is there is a lack of we call it sav. There's a lack of savviness <laughs> when guys are out there being able to troubleshoot and problem solve. You know, because like I said, I think training's fantastic. Obviously, I'm in that business, right? Big sure. Business is where we are, I think that there's if you try to be so mechanical that you start to feel like if things aren't going well, you need to go back to a certain mechanic. I think that's where it becomes an issue. And I think that being able to move as an athlete, like you said, and just getting yourself in a so because if I can get as a pitcher, if I can get myself into a supported, loaded position in the ground, then I've won the battle, right? So, like, I can now go. And so I think training to, like you said, what it takes to get myself loaded and into the ground is invaluable. And I think making sure that you are doing it, and that's why we invented the Vilo Pro. Sure, I sure. I think getting to a point where I can get myself in the ground while still loaded, arm in a powerful supported position, then I'm good to go. And then I can unleash and just throw a rocket at somebody. Boom. You know, And I think that sometimes... You know, when a young, you know, depending on how you are, if you're super analytical or whatever, sometimes it can be a case where guys are like, okay, this isn't happening, so I need to do this and this and this and this and this. And a lot of times, what it is is you just need to focus on getting yourself into the ground, supported, right, and go.
2: Yeah. Well, and then and then the flip side of that is is the the terminology, right? I mean, it's it's about how can we as instructors um, use use the correct terminology to where the athlete or the individual uh,
1: understands it right and absolutely then, and then the application is on them but we've absolutely done our part. absolutely absolutely and as long like yeah i mean as long as you can get yourself into the ground like you mentioned and create ground force yeah sweetness it just makes then, sense right like it's it's like that common
2: sense kind of takes over it's like because I, I never realized it right i'm i'm i'm, I'm dumb i, I get you know, i didn't go to college so whatever that's my excuse but i didn't i didn't i didn't just i didn't just think like oh press into the press into the ground, but press into it like correctly. And then mm-hmm. it was funny, dude. I, I finally came up with the analogy of, okay, so I'm a big, uh, I'm a big, uh, you know, I like strength training. Like I'm kind of yeah. di- addicted to it. Right. So yeah. I took it into the terminology of that. So when I'm pulling off the floor, so when I'm deadlifting, right, uh, I'm getting into my hinge. So I'm using essentially the strongest muscle on my body, which is my glutes now Absolutely. I'm I'm pulling I'm pulling freaking heavy dude right so I'm getting up to you know X amount of pounds right and then I I think of okay so when I throw weight on my back and I back squat which is essentially the same movement that I'm doing when I when I go down the mound as I'm squatting I'm not I'm not putting as much weight as I could if I were hinging right so see the difference there so 100% then, So then yeah. I was like okay well why not when I lift and I go to separate why not hinge instead of squat and then it was like okay now I understand it I grasp it and then we obviously talk about the application of it and, that's huge uh, and that's yeah what, that's what your Velo Pro did to, like that's the first thing it showed me
1: it, you know it yeah made me sit well and that's huge and strength training's so big man like it's so big like because dude I mean if you're in a good proper supported position at landing like if you just even just go to that position like and just see dude it takes a lot out of you if you're not strong oh yeah and if you throw a hundred pitches that day, and you do them all correctly, then you're going to do that position a hundred times. And that's—I yeah. mean, that's you know—that's you have to be strong. Like it, the kids don't get that, dude. They think like, oh man, I got to go run because it's just what I do. No, don't man. get me
2: started with that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's because you like right now. You know, I've, there's a couple kids that I talk to that I, you know, I stay in touch with, and we work out in the winter, and they're like, oh man, my back hurts. I'm like, it's because you don't do ab work. Yep. You know, it's so a you correlation to everything else. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh,
2: and you know, people ask me all the time, kind of like my routine, right? And I'm a very routine orientated individual Absolutely. with everything, dude. It's almost sickening. Well, that's why
1: you're successful, though. I mean, <laughs> <what> <laughs> appreciate
2: appreciate that, yeah. man. I mean, um, is, yeah. But so so what you know, what it is 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 just uh, I, I touched on earlier about putting yourself in the in the best possible position to obviously succeed, uh, pitch well, recover, all that, and and the reason why I train like I train is because I can, ha- is so I can handle the workload that I put on myself. Absolutely. You know? And it, it's taking yep. care of those little things, man. And and that's why I, I really the foundation of, of starting this podcast, starting my website, starting like this social media just outburst, was because there's so much misinformation out there. We live in a world where technology is being so broadcasted on so many different levels and kids, 12 years old, 13 year olds, they have, they have smartphones and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they're connected to Instagram. What do they see on Instagram? The, the heavy powerlifting, yeah, that's great. But what we don't see is the is the lacrosse ball rollout or the foam roll or the twenty minutes breathing or or just all these little things, you know, mini band series, uh, band distractions, whatever it is. Like making sure you're recovering. And and you know, like I said, man, there's just so much more that goes into the actual final you know the the final product yeah you
1: know? absolutely and uh, absolutely
2: and i think that's so pivotal to get out to those kids man is 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 you may not feel it at the time because you are the age you are you know and 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 you just you recover just because of that but eventually man i speak from experience it'll catch up you oh. know so it's oh, about yeah, yeah and it's about just putting in that work now man because what does that allow you to do? You, you hit on it big time earlier. It's, it's, you're starting to practice that routine. You're starting yes. to practice those good habits and that will carry over. Right. We talk about, we talk about things bigger than baseball. Baseball will, will give you a platform to utilize a routine, to develop habits, develop, you know, these good, lifely things. And then once you're done playing, you know, it, it's, it's second nature. Well, it's it, no of Yeah. Know.
1: It's no coincidence that the guys, and I'll just tell you, it's it's no coincidence that the guys that we've had at the the college that were those guys that are always where they need to be and always doing things right, that you don't need to handhold them. They're always there. They're now killing it in professional life and in the real world because the little things are important to them. Yep. Attention
2: to detail, man. That's right. And it's, and it's doing everything that you can do, whether it be the dishes or taking out the trash. Like we can, we can start talking freaking life, bro. And it's, it's doing everything you can possibly do throughout your day to the best of your ability because you live with a sense of pride saying, I'm not going to freaking half, you know, half butt this thing because I, I, I can't, I can't fathom me doing something like that. Right. And it's, and it's being addicted to this lifestyle of, of constantly uh, doing things at the best possible thing you can do, you know, and, and obviously yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm struck with the curse of perfectionism <laughs> and it's, it's my biggest blessing slash biggest curse. And I'm sure you can probably attest to that being a pitcher, <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, but it's, 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 it's learning to control that dude. And, and
1: well, and I mean, you know, and that's, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, that's to help people train better and more efficiently in everything I do. I mean, that's why, mm-hmm. That's why we created the VeloPro. Pro, yeah. to help people be more efficient with what they do. And yeah. I mean, you know, anybody, I mean, that's, you know, you guys, people listening, I mean, just go to VeloProBaseball.com. I mean, but, yeah, it. I was going to ask, where can we find you, man? Where, where Yeah. Get it out I there, mean, it's, Twitter, it's, Instagram. It's, website. Yeah, so, yeah, so on Big League Edge Instagram, so if you go to Big League Edge on Instagram, you'll see just a ton of, you know, people applying it in all different realms. There's a lot of videos on there just with good examples of what we're trying to accomplish. Um, we've got some big leaguers on there using it. There's some, you know, some quarterbacks on there using it, some golfers on there and tennis. I mean, it's go check it out, you know, and VeloProBaseball.com, his website. And I mean, it's, it's a game changer, man. It's a game changer. Yeah. And, and you, and you, you won't know till you freaking
2: try it out, man. And, uh, yeah. and obviously with the, with the training, the way it is today is, is uh, so many facilities have that now. And, uh, yeah. And, and obviously putting that to good use. Hey, in closing, man, I got some lighter questions. Uh, yeah. I got to I got to run by you real quick. Yeah. So, uh, number one being, what is your most overused term that you hear in the baseball world?
1: Most overused term. Overused. Um, oh jeez. Um, most overused.
2: Yeah, from like a, a, a coach, yeah, uh, this, parent, yeah. whatever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, I think, I think throw strikes is probably, uh, yeah, the most that's one I hear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I say it a ton too, but it's, that's the one I hear the most is, is just, you know, throw strikes. That's the one I hear the most. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, my next yeah. one,
2: this is actually a new one I just thought of, but, uh, I'm, tr- I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to ask it correctly. So if if you could be a kid again, right? So if you can mm-hmm. be at the age of the kids that you are training, mm-hmm. um, what are some of the questions that you would ask?
1: Of like a coach? Yeah. So like yeah. the
2: way. So if you were a kid in today's day and age, I think obviously in my personal experience, the questions kind of differ now that we live in a different type of world, if you will. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of a thing that I try to 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 get kids to ask the right questions, you know, and I, I think a lot of the times the, the questions are kind of misguided to a point where they're not going to get the most out of, of what they ask because of the
1: question. So, so, yep. Well, I'll tell you, first and foremost, I would, I would, what I thought you are I would take it more seriously first and foremost, but the question I would ask, yeah, the question I would ask now, knowing what I know, um, is I would ask, you know, when I ultimately get to you know, when it's time, if I'm fortunate enough to go play in college, um, or professionally, what are the things that are actually going to matter? Oh yeah. That's what I would ask. That's big. What, what are the things that, are, cause I feel like there's so much out there that kids think is important. It's really not that important. It's garbage. Yeah. Like I would ask what actually is going, cause I was a ball of stress all the time. Cause I wanted to do well. Yeah. And I would just say, you know, like, what are the things that actually matter when I get there? What is going to be important? What's not? Because then I would just focus on those. And, and it's, it yeah, it's a, effort. it's a
2: yeah, yeah, dude. It's applying emphasis to the to the specific needs that need emphasis, right? Yep, that's huge. I, I man, I thought you were going to go,
1: going to definitely go mechanical with us, but no, nope, that's you what went outside do. the box. And I, well, I I'll that. tell you, well, I'll tell you, man. It's because you know I've been fortunate enough to be blessed to get the coaching opportunities I've had, and I can just tell you as a recruiter. Kids don't know that stuff. Oh yeah, they don't know that yeah. stuff. They can't perform when the lights go on. You know, if it's if you're down four, and there's nobody on base and two outs and the guy's throwing slop up there, you'll hit a jack. But if it's second and third tie game in the ninth, you freaking punch out because you're sure. all stressed. Like sure. So I would ask. That's what I would want to know. What's what is going to really matter?
2: Boom. Uncomfortable so, and comfortable, or being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. Um, last one, man. Uh, in closing, last one. Sorry. So much time I'm taking of yours, I apologize. No, it's all right, man. Um, If you could have... So this is funny. If you could have one meal the rest of your life, what would it be? And this could be a fast food. Like, this could be a burger. Like, it doesn't... You know, it doesn't... Anything. It doesn't have to be specific, right? It could just be...
1: Yep. So we had... um, We went down and we played in California a few years ago. Say it, baby. Yeah. And we went to this... Oh gosh, I think it was called Alejandro's. I can't remember what it was called, but we went to this place right by the beach down in Cali that did like these fish and shrimp tacos. Oh my goodness, dude! I I thought you were going in and out, (laughs) dude. I'm telling you what, it was so like it wasn't like in like it wasn't like a big fancy place, but I'm pretty sure we all put down like freaking 20 of them. Like it was unbelievable. I mean, it was unbelievable. And we always talk. Like, we, we've talked ever since when we go, because we make that trip every year. But we always go play different schools now. We're like, damn it. Like, we need to go play the same school. Yeah, who's on the so sk- who's scheduling just, that, man? Yeah, yeah. Just so we can go to the – we say it every year. And we haven't done it again yet. But that was six years ago. And we're – every single year, we're like, dude, we have to go. We have to go. That taste no still in your games. mouth. <laughs> yeah. No night games on Saturday because we have to go to this place. Yeah.
2: You know, like, Dude, I, so it's shrimp
1: and fish tacos? Yeah, separate, not the same, but they were like like they didn't cheat you. Like it wasn't like you like paid 10 bucks and got three like thumb-sized things. Like it was like huge. Yeah. Like it was, I mean it was amazing. I re- I respect places like that, man. And, and oh, yeah. they're usually like not the the top end names, you know? Oh yeah, and it was—I mean, it was just—it um, was—it was unbelievable. Like oh. we had to—we had to walk around, like we—we we had to walk around for like twenty minutes afterward. <laughs> well, dude, I'm not a seafood. Like I—I I don't like fish, so I mean, yeah. Are oh, you no, like man. a seafood guy? Oh yeah, man. I'm from I'm from Washington. So we do up here. It all makes sense now, I yeah. guess. Yeah. All right, man. Well,
2: hey, dude. Uh, thanks again so much, man, for coming on and let me take you a, a good chunk of your of your day. Um, and uh, guys, listening uh, at Big League Edge on uh, on Instagram and Twitter, you guys are are putting out great content, man. You guys got a, a really good following too. And what I love about it specifically is it's not just instruction videos, which is actually the art of what you're doing. It's it's you verbalizing what we're looking for within that drill so i think that's kind of a separator as far as you know what what kids will look for is uh, in terms of how to get better right because there needs to be there needs to be instruction verbal instruction to kind of set that foundation so that's that's big but um yeah man keep up keep up the good work brother and uh you know thanks thanks again for for coming on and and uh go ahead and stay on for a little bit i'll sign you off off the air
1: absolutely man all right